Well, good morning again. Oh, that was worse than the first time. Good morning again. There you go. Welcome to you who are joining us online. I'm glad that you're able to be with us this morning. So here's a question or a statement, a statement, not a question. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. I'm quoting the author and the theologian A.W. Tozer from his book, The Knowledge of the Holy. Real God, real life. And how you view God really does shape your life. If you see God as big, as powerful, as strong, as someone that you can trust, your faith will be big and powerful and strong. And you will live out that faith. But if you see God as kind of shaky, and I'm not really sure if he's going to come through on this or not, that your faith is going to be kind of shaky and your life will be kind of shaky. Real God, real life. And, and the more that, that you embrace the real God, the better your life will be. And the more that we come to know the Lord, the more that we learn that we can trust the Lord And the more we learn to live for the Lord, real God, real life. So this is a series that we're in. It's a a small series. And to help us with this endeavor of discovering who God is, we've been studying the book of 2 Peter. It's a real short book. I said to you last week, go home and read it. Three chapters. Come on, let's do it. Who read it? Thank you. We got two people that read it. Good for you. I'm going to encourage you to go home and read 2 Peter. It's really short. Three short chapters. But they're kind of weird. It's worth the read. It's worth the read because you'll come back with more questions than answers. And we'll see. It's, it's a letter that, that Peter writes to the churches. It's not addressed to an individual or a single church. It's, it starts off, it's addressed to those who share the same precious faith we have. And Peter talks of this we several times. So even though the letter's addressed from him, he's kind of speaking on behalf of the church or at least the other apostles. And he writes this letter for a number of reasons. First one is to refute false teachers and teaching, which was going on at the time. And we'll get into that a little bit more next week. He did it to, to, to get a right view of God, real God, real life. And thirdly, to encourage right living, how we respond to this right view of God. Last week, we looked at the first part of chapter one. Today, we're going to finish up chapter one. So let's, let's have a word of prayer and we'll dive right in. Father, I just thank you for the power of your word. And I pray as we look into your word this morning, that our hearts and our minds would be open to your truth. Father, illuminate to us what you would have us know, what you would have us see. It could be different for each person that's in here today. But Father, we we bow before you now. We ask that you would open our eyes, open our hearts, and open our spirits to your truth so that when we leave here, we're not the same as when we got here, that we're transformed by the power of your word. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. So I'm starting off 2 Peter, I'm starting in verse 12. It says, therefore, I will always remind you about these things, even though you already know them 
and are standing firm in the truth that you've been taught. And it's only right that I should keep on reminding you as long as I live. For our Lord Jesus Christ has shown me that I must leave this earthly life. So I will work hard to make sure that you always remember these things after I'm gone. So I want to stop right there and kind of dig into that first three, four verses. Peter knows that his time here on earth is coming to an end. He doesn't say how he knows, but somehow through the power of the Holy Spirit, he knows that his time is coming to an end. We understand from from Christian tradition that Peter was executed during the reign of Nero, the emperor Nero. And he was crucified upside down because he didn't consider that he was worthy to be crucified in the same manner as Christ. And and I find it interesting at this critical juncture in his life of everything that he could be doing at this point in his life, he believes that the most important thing that he can do is to remind the people who are reading this letter of these things. Three times he talks of this. Now, I've squished this down all onto... we go to the next slide, please? I hope you can read that. I want to see all four verses. So he says, Therefore, I will always remind you. I should keep on reminding you. I will work hard to make sure that you always remember. So there's this theme of reminding and remembering. And remembering what? These things. He says it twice. These things. And he, and he makes a point. It's not that they've forgotten. Even though you already know. Can we go to the next one, please? These things, next one. Oh, goodness, there. (laughs) Even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth you have been taught. So a couple things that we can dig into right here. What are these things? I mean, if somebody said, I'm here to remind you of these things, you'd want to know what they are, right? What things? And why why is Peter, why does he feel so strongly that he needs to do this? So let's look at these things. So this little passage of scripture begins with the word, therefore. So we know it's referring to something before it, right? What's the therefore, therefore? So go back to verses 10 and 11. So dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So Peter starts, he's he's already got these things in this little passage of scripture. And he begins it with so. Can we go back a screen? Thank you. He begins it with so. So is just another word for therefore. So you've got to go back even further. Now, this is how you do Bible study. You dig and you dig and you dig. You don't just start it, therefore. If, you, if you're serious about getting into God's word, you start a passage of scripture with therefore, and you don't bother finding out what it's there for. You can't get the context of that scripture. Now, I'm not going to read all of the first part of the chapter, because that's what we did last week. You can go online and um, download the message or, or listen to the message. But I'm going to sum it up. Peter tells us that we have Everything we need to live godly lives through our knowledge of Jesus Christ. 
says, he says, we have his great and precious promises, his word. And we are to respond to that word, live that word. Last week I said, you know, you got to own it. You got to own scripture. I love to own scripture. I have passages of scripture paced around and I, and I learn them. If God brings me a scripture for some reason, I'll learn that scripture. And, and it becomes my scripture. It's like, God, man, I own that. God broke that for me. Get your own scripture. <laughs> and you got to own it. And then he gives us a list of attributes that are kind of like stepping stones. Supplement your faith with this, 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 this. And he tops it off with love. And at the end he says, if we do that, we will grow. And the more we grow, the more productive and useful we become in our knowledge of the Lord. So there's this kind of cycle that goes on. Knowing, doing, knowing, doing, knowing, doing. This is real God, real life. If you know the Lord, you will have confidence to act on what you know. If you act on what you know, you will know the Lord. And if you know the Lord, you will have confidence to act on what you know. And if you act on what you know, you will know the Lord. And so it goes around and around. But each time, it's like a step up. It's, my faith's a little bit deeper. My faith is a little bit stronger. It builds your confidence in who God is, is. So you've got this cycle, knowing and doing, knowing and doing. Those are these things that Peter is talking about. Live like you know God in confidence and trust. And he says, I will remind you of these things, and I will keep reminding of you these things. And I will work hard to make sure that you always remember these things, even after I'm gone. I want you to still remember these things. This is legacy. And he's saying, let your life be a testimony to the fact that the Lord can be trusted. So let me ask you a question. I like asking questions. Do you know the Lord? I remember someone asking me one time, telling me he said how does it look to a martian well <laughs> how does it look to a martian well what's the truth about your life if an alien was looking at your life could see all of your thoughts and everything that you do would they come out of that saying yeah that one knows the lord because it's easy to give a lip service right oh i know the lord blah 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 i know the lord i, I know a lot of people that that talk the talk but it's not really there. They're not walking the walk. More on that in a little bit. So why did Peter feel so strongly that he needed to remind us, them, of these things? I'll tell you why. Because the world is relentless. The busyness of life is relentless. I don't know if you're anything like me, but you get pulled this way and that way and the other way all the time. It's just relentless. Godlessness is relentless. Sin and temptation are relentless. False teaching is relentless. Compromised values are relentless. Compromised truth is relentless. You're always reading stuff. Is that real? Is that true? Is that not true? Where did it come from? How can I trust it? And it comes at us like a torrent. 
And we need to be reminded. So what do we need to be reminded of? The Lord. We need to be reminded of the Lord. We be, need to be reminded of who he is. That he can be trusted. We need to be reminded of his power, his love, his righteousness, his grace, his forgiveness. And his righteous expectations of us. We need to be reminded that he has not lost control. In the middle of all this chaos. Didn't slip out of God's hands. Like, oh man, I wasn't expecting that. He has not lost control. He has a purpose and a plan for us. We need to be reminded of that. We need to be reminded that this is not all there is. There's something better to come. And we need to be reminded that one day he will return and all of this mayhem will end. We need to be reminded on a constant basis of the Lord's truth, who he is, what he has done. Sometimes we need to be reminded to pray. You ever need to be reminded to pray? I remember one time, I'm not going to get into the long story, we were lost in France. It's a song. Car had broken down. We're in the middle of nowhere. We're trying to figure out what to do. And, and my young son, I can't remember how old he was at the time. Do you remember? Six. <laughs> Why don't you pray, Dad? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was going to do that. <laughs> we need to be reminded to always be in prayer because he hears our prayers. We need to be reminded to read his word because it is the witness of his activity in those who came before us. We need to be reminded to serve because when we serve, it draws us closer to God. We need to be reminded to give faithfully because it teaches us to rely on God. We need to be reminded to live in faith because it is only through our acts of faith that we please God. And we need to be reminded that we are forgiven because the condemner will constantly remind us of our shortcomings and our failings. He wants us to live in shame and guilt because that will neutralize us, make us ineffective and unproductive in the Lord. And we need to be reminded that we must forgive others as we are forgiven. Because if we don't, we hold gracelessness in our heart. And it becomes a barrier for us. We need to be reminded that, as, that we are loved. And we are to love others as we are loved. There's so many things that we need to be reminded constantly. All of us. And, and it's like Peter says in this passage of scripture. Even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth you have been taught. It's easy to forget. All right, verse 16. For we were not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes when he received honor and glory from God the Father. The voice of the majestic glory of God said to him, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. We ourselves heard that voice from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. You must pay close attention to what they wrote, for their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns 
and Christ the morning star shines in your hearts. Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. Nope. Those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. So Peter qualifies his, his teaching, his reminders, with his own life experience. I mean, how would it have been to be with Peter and the other disciples and to hear God speak? This is my son. I think that would have been a terrifying moment. It's like, this is my son. Flop. <laughs> I'm out of here. He says, I witnessed it with my own eyes. I heard it with my own ears. And now, with that experience, I have even more confidence in his word. You know, the most compelling reminder of the power of the Lord is our personal experience of him. There is nothing more powerful and more com compelling in your life than your personal experience of God. So let's get to the meat and the potatoes of this. The, so what? Why should I care? Let me tell you why, because it's important. There's a life process to our faith walk. Four no's. Know not the Lord. Know of the Lord. Know about the Lord. Know the Lord. So let me expand on those a little bit, because I've been in all of them. Know not the Lord. Are those people who are ignorant of the Lord? It's not necessary that they haven't heard of the Lord, but they simply don't believe in the Lord. That thing, that maybe they got something else they believe in, but all that, that God stuff, that Jesus stuff, nah. You ought to be some kind of an idiot to believe that stuff. They don't believe in him. The people who know of the Lord believe in him, but he's not part of their lives. And their understanding is usually distorted and twisted. I talk to a lot of people, you know. And, and you know, there are a lot of people these days that have what I call a salad bar God. You got the whole salad. There's a little bit of, hmm, I like that whole Hinduism thing, you know. That, that yeah, the karma thing. I, Buddhism, I like that we could become something more. A little bit of Judaism here. There's some Christianity. I like Jesus. I like the sound of Jesus. That, that sounds really good. All that stuff about hell and living right. I, I don't like that stuff. And they pick and they choose which of these things they want to have their own God. They are spiritual. Never talk to people to tell you, oh, I'm spiritual. Those are the people who know of the Lord. The people who know about him are those who have moved from knowing of him to learning the truth about him. I'm going to actually try and find out about this God. What, what is the truth? So through Bible study, maybe small group personal study, that they are seeking to learn the truth about him through the word, his word. And they are knowledgeable about the Lord. They know about him. But there's another level that we all need 
gosh, this sounds like Hinduism, doesn't it? That we all need to seek to attain those who know the Lord. These are the people who have experienced the Lord. They've read about him in the word and they've experienced them in their lives. Not secondhand. People who, who get it secondhand, I can tell you about my experiences of the Lord. That's not your experience of the Lord. It might encourage you to seek God and have an experience with the Lord, but it's my experience, not your experience. These are people, he is alive to them because through faith and obedience, they have experienced his power in their lives. Now, Peter can talk into all of these. He's been in all four of those places. He starts off his life, the first thing we know about Peter is a fisherman. The Sea of Galilee. Jesus comes along, starts teaching on the shores, and and Peter, well, who, who's that guy? So he moves from not knowing Jesus to, to hearing Jesus. Now he knows of the Lord. And Jesus, for some reason, takes a shining to Peter. He says, can I get on your boat, Peter? I mean, great captive audience, right? Can I get in your boat? And they sail off the shore a little bit, and he teaches from Peter's boat. Where's Peter? He can't get away. He's right there. It's like the Uber driver that wants to tell you about Jesus, right? <laughs> and Jesus tells him, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. So he starts following Jesus, and he's learning from Jesus. He's, he's seeing Jesus. He's witnessing what Jesus is doing. So now he's learning about Jesus. Jesus is going to the scriptures and talking to them about, look, this, is, this was prophesied about me. And Peter really learns what grace is. Because he's the one that comes to Jesus and Jesus says, you know, it's all going to go south here a little bit, Peter. And he's, no, never, never. I will follow you to the end. I will die for you, Jesus. And before the night's over, he's denied Jesus three times. I mean, that's going to weigh on you, isn't it? That's going to change you. He probably bore those scars to the end of his life. And then Jesus redeems him. Kind of sets him up. You're going to be the man, Peter. You and these other disciples, you are going to be the leader. And there's Pentecost and the Holy Spirit comes upon him. And this man, who just a month before was denying that he even knew Jesus, is standing in the square in Jerusalem preaching a message about Jesus to all of these people who had crucified Jesus just a month before. The fear is gone. And he gets to see what the Lord does with his courage and his faith. 5,000 people on that day turned their lives to Jesus. I mean, how would you feel if you were Peter? It's like, yeah! That's what it's all about. His life is pretty dramatic. Now, that's Peter, right? None of us have had the opportunity to physically walk with Jesus. We didn't get to see him give the blind man sight or raise anybody from the dead or, or heal a lame person. We never got to see any of that stuff. We didn't hear God's voice come out of the sky and speak. We don't have that ad advantage. We, the closest we get, well, the closest I get to Jesus is when I look at you all. Yeah, I know. 
But when I look at these four no's, know not the Lord, know of the Lord, know about the Lord, know the Lord, I've been there. I've been in every one of those, and, and all of you have been in certain ones of those. Some of you get to scratch the first one because you grew up in church. Barry was telling me a couple of weeks ago his first day in church, he was with his mom, really with his mom. <laughs> Didn't get a choice. My kids grew up with church. There was never a time where they knew not the Lord. It was always a part of their lives. It wasn't always a part of my life and certainly not part of Sandra's lives. But I can relate to this, and, and many of you can relate to different parts of this. The question, I guess, that, that you know, as I look at this, how do you move from one no to the next no. How do we keep advancing in our faith? It is through the power of the Holy Spirit and a witness. Through the power of the Holy Spirit and a witness. More accurately, by responding to the power of the Holy Spirit and a witness. And without getting into too much detail, I mean, when I look at my own life, I started off in a place where there was no God. I had a limited, you know, I thought God maybe had been an alien. That's where I used to be. <laughs> Came, visited us from outer space back in time, and people saw that, and they thought, ooh, God. So I had a weird kind of thing going on. And to make a long story short, many of you know my story. I just woke up one day and realized, there's a God. He's the real God. I better find out about God. Ask Sandra if we had a Bible so I could look him up. But then the journey continues on. We start going to church. And I hear a pastor preach a message that spoke to my wife who still wasn't there. And, and it was like, wow. You really are there, God. That was a witness. And as time moved along and God was working in my life, he would bring more witnesses to me. I'm reading his word and I'm seeing things happen. And each time it builds your faith, knowing Jesus, acting, knowing, acting, knowing, acting. I remember I shared with you a few weeks ago, going on a course to learn how to share my faith, how to be an evangelist. Scary as it was. And then praying and asking God for opportunities. God, I'm, I learned how to do this. Can you give me opportunities to do it? And he did. He just kept bringing them to me. It's like, wow. I knew him more. The very first time I ever shared Jesus with anybody was the very first time I really understood it all. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it was weird. But that, that built faith in me. And then when God told me to move my family from where we lived in Spruce Grove, Canada, to Airdrie, another place outside of Calgary, I didn't have to think about it very much because I had already seen God move and do wonderful things. So we moved. And down there, we encountered a, a new church that was the greatest spiritual growth in our lives. Started leading a small group which I was so scared. 
I don't know anything. Do they know I don't know anything? I'm just going to do it. And then seeing God change people's lives in that small group, it's like, wow, God, know God. Act on it. And faith just keeps growing. And then God came to us and said, you better be obedient with your giving. That was the biggest. That was the hardest at the time. Be obedient with your giving. I can give you my time, God. I can teach a small group. I'm not sure about the money bit. But God just said, no, no, you be faithful. You give. We didn't have it in our budget to give. But God was very specific about this is the time. Do it now. When you step out in faith, I'll show you that I'm here. And he did. Which built our faith. And then when God said, go to Dallas. (laughs) I remember my wife saying to me, well, I hope you enjoy it. (laughs) Walk away from everything and go to Dallas. Go to a new country. Walk away from everything. But it was like, this is God. And once she got her head around it, she was more excited than me. She's, I can't wait to see what God's going to do down there. And when we got down here, you know, we joined this church back in 19, in 2000. 23 years ago. Wow. And just being in this church and just knowing that God had brought us here. We got involved in small group ministry, and I was invited to be an elder. I was doing great in my job, kept getting promoted. Didn't ask for it, I just kept doing it. I was on a conference call one time, and uh, they were regionalizing all the southern technical departments in the company. And uh, I had just kind of got secondarily invited into the meeting, and I'm sitting on the meeting, and this guy from Atlanta is, oh, Phoenix is talking. He said, yeah, we're regionalizing and, and all the southern regions. Uh, Mike Bishop's going to be over that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Are you there, Mike? Yeah. Yeah, you're going to be over that. And, <laughs> and then when God came and said, walk away from that and go and be a pastor at Lakeway, I had absolute confidence in God. Because I had seen what he had done. Where are you on the no list? What do you need to be reminded of so that you will continue on the journey? Because you keep continuing on the journey. Even if you know God, God's not done with you. He's got way more for you. He's going to take you to even scarier places and ask you to do even scarier things. i got good news for you. But he says, I will strengthen you for it. I will give you the faith for it. Do it and you will know me. Let me bring this to a close. Take time this week. I want to encourage you. Take time this week to share with someone what the Lord has done in your life. Even today, go for lunch with someone. Pick someone here. Go for lunch with them and and share with each other because we're to be reminders and remindees.
that's such a word. I tell you my story, you tell me your story. I'm encouraged by your story, you're encouraged by my story, I hope. We spur each other on to, to greater faith. And it reminds, your, it reminds you, as you witness to others, of what God has done in your life. Sometimes we forget. We mustn't forget. And pray. Ask, Lord, how do you want to show yourself strong in my life? Where do you want to act in my life in such a way that my, my faith goes, wow, I'm going to do this thing because God is calling me to do it. And I do this thing and when it gets done and it, it can only be God, it's like, whoa, God, I know God a little bit more. And consider how you are going to respond to the Holy Spirit. I know some of you are going to the Kairos closing today. I don't know who all is going. Kairos is the prison ministry that Randy Thompson uh, is involved in. And on the Sunday, they have a closing. I'm going to tell you that. When you go there, you are going to see firsthand how lives are changed through the power of the Holy Spirit and a witness. You will see it today. And as you go there, if you're carpooling, Share your stories. Remind one another of the good things that God has done. Some of you are going to the theme dinner. Who else going to the theme dinner tonight? Yeah, lots of you. It's about prayer, right? I'll guarantee you that you'll hear some stories. If you're talking about prayer, you're going to be encouraged because prayer is all about God's activity in people's lives. So listen for it. Be ready for it. It's going to be over in that room over there. Have you looked in there? You need to have a... Say again. Cakes. <laughs> it looks different. You need, you need a peek in the room over there. I want to thank everybody that, that put that together this week, especially Hector. Man, that guy was up here painting and doing all kinds of things. And I, know, I know exactly what happened in their house. Because Kelly, is, his wife, is the lead of women's ministry. And I know Hector. All she's got to... Look, she's doing this. She knows. Hector, that room looks horrible. But it's okay. <laughs> and I know Hector. Yeah, it does look horrible. We better change that room. <laughs> right now. Yes. <laughs> so thank you, Hector, and for those that, that did that. So take a look at that over there. All right. I said I'm closing. Kudos to Peter. He stays focused on his primary purpose. What did Jesus tell him to do? Go make disciples and teach them all that I have taught you. And he knows through the Spirit that his life is about to end, but that doesn't stop him. He just gets more focused, and if you read through, he gets more intense. And this is a reflection of the opening statement of, of this letter. I will always... He says he is a slave and an apostle of Jesus Christ. I will always remind you about these things. I will not stop reminding you about these things. I will remind you so much about these things. When I'm gone, you'll still remember them. That's his legacy. What is your legacy going to be? What's my legacy going to be? When people look at our lives, what will they say? 
He was a great man. He, she was a great woman of God. They made a difference in my life. That's my prayer for each one of us. That those that know us, when we move on from this life, will talk about how God impacted our lives and impacted their lives through us. That's our legacy. They made a difference. They ran the race. They didn't give up. What a witness. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you again for Peter, for the energy and, and the witness that he was to us. And Father, I thank you for each of the people that you've brought here today, those that are going to listen to this online, those that may listen to it later. And Father, I pray that you would help us to just reflect upon our lives, to see where we're at on that no list. And to remember, to be reminded through your spirit, maybe through other people, of the great things that you have done, of your promises of what you will do, that we would have the courage to live for you fully and completely. And Father, remind us it's a journey. We don't have to be perfect. We just have to stay on the journey. And encourage us and protect us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I have those come forward, please, that are going to take up the offering?